Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. The title of this morning's message is Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. Joy unspeakable. That sounds good, doesn't it? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. So take your Bibles. We're going to be turning to a couple scriptures, but start in John chapter 15. And while you're turning to John chapter 15, I want to pull just a thought out of the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says this. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry. Don't be sorry. Amen. He said, This isn't a day for that. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here's the, here's the principle that I want us to glean from just this one little verse here. Is uh, joy brings strength. Maybe another way of looking at that would be to look at it the opposite way. That the lack of joy brings weakness. Brings weakness. These people that uh, Nehemiah said this to had just build a wall. They had just put in a lot of work. A lot of work. Long hours. So much so that they weren't even washing their clothes. They were, some of them were uh, guarding a wall and some of them were building and some of them were guarding a wall and building. Uh, they were working hard. They were, they were doing all that they could. And he says, listen, uh, we were able to finish it. We were able to do it. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Sometimes we need the joy of the Lord. And I, again, I want us to focus in on of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. So there's joy that comes from the Lord. And it strengthens us. It gives us strength. So you're in John chapter... 15, John chapter 15 and verse 11, the Bible says this. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Did you catch that? He says, my joy, your joy. That my joy... The Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength, might remain in you and your joy might be full. Sometimes we call that being filled with the Spirit. That your joy might be full. And this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So his joy in us gives us joy, fills us. How? We've already, you, you know this 
this passage in, in John 15 that he starts with, I am the vine, you're the branches, that we must abide in him, us in Christ, allowing Christ to work in us and through us, right, uh, makes us fruitful, spiritually fruitful, for without him we can do what? Nothing, but with him... All things are possible, right? And so He gives us joy, and this joy gives us strength. So we can have joy, and this joy comes from the Lord that can be our strength. And you say, wow, this Christian life sounds wonderful, right? This seems so easy. This seems so uh, no problems, no issues. Um, Well, hold on. That's not, that's, not quite, that's not quite what I'm saying. So take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. The Bible says in verse 1, Peter... An apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect. According to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We're going to read to verse 9, but I just want to stop there for a second. I would say that Peter, uh, he doesn't mess around uh, in his letter here getting into some pretty deep doctrine pretty quick. Would you agree with that? He gets right into uh, our salvation and the Trinity, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and how all three persons are involved in our assured salvation. He makes it clear uh, that God has a plan and that His plan is salvation. Um, he, He talks about a lively hope. And he talks about that because of his resurrection. Um, It's been said before that Peter is the apostle of hope. Paul, the apostle of faith. And John, the apostle of love. And we'll see here in just a second how all three of those uh, tie together. But he's saying, uh, he's talking, talking here to the strangers that are scattered. Right? Presumably the Jewish people that had been under persecution. And this is why they are uh, being scattered abroad about the Roman Empire. Um, He's talking to those that would know a little bit about suffering. He's talking to those that would know they had been displaced from their home because of maybe fear of death. And uh, he says that they are strangers. By the way... uh, We're strangers here, aren't we? Aren't we uh, ambassadors of another place? uh, Ambassadors of another home? And he continues on. Look at verse 4. 
talking to these folks to an inheritance incorruptible, non-defiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. Aren't you glad that our salvation, that our uh, hope in the resurrection is kept by God? Aren't you glad that it's not dependent upon us to keep ourselves saved? To keep ourselves born again? I mean, that'd be hard, wouldn't it? (laughs) He said, no, the Lord will keep us. This is the assurance. This is the hope that we have that is set. We, We sang about the solid rock that is steadfast and sure. You could almost summarize this passage, verses 1 to 9, that I'm going to read. Suffering and security of the believer can produce joy. The suffering and the security that the believer has in Jesus Christ can produce joy. He goes on to say in verse 6, Wherein we ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness. He says that we greatly rejoice that if for just a season, if need be, if it's necessary, that we are in heaviness through manifold, what? Temptations. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not yet. Believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. (laughs) He says here, though we have joy, though we have uh, the joy of the Lord that is our strength, that doesn't mean that we're not going to face trials. That doesn't mean that we're not going to face temptations, heaviness. Uh, In other words, he says, if need be, uh, for a season, uh, it's all part of the plan. It's part of the plan for us as believers to grow. To draw closer to the Lord. To grow in our faith. To grow in grace. To grow in these sort of things. Take your Bibles. Hold your finger there. And go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. He says, uh, if need be, uh, there's a need for it. What was the need? Why is there a need for us to have to go through some heaviness and manifold uh, temptation? Uh, You know... Uh, When you think of manifold, you think of all different kinds, right? All different ways, even all different numbers. (laughs) We're praying, Lord, one at a time, right? Just one at a time. He says, no, sometimes it's manifold. It's all kinds. In James chapter 1, verse 2, 
The Bible says, my brother, count it all, say it. When you fall into diverse temptations, once said manifold, now it's all diverse temptations, right? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, I want you to notice this word, worketh. Worketh. You say, what's going on? Uh, God's working. I'm heavy right now. I mean, there's like a bunch of different things hitting me at the same time. Manifold, diverse. What's going on? God's working. God's working. He says, faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That ye may be what? Perfect and entire wanting nothing. He says, if any man, you know, lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Uh, sometimes we're saying, Lord, we need wisdom, right? And, and you know what we think? That he's just going to give it to us like that, right? Don't we think that? Don't we, a lot of times we quote that verse. Like we're like, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally. Yeah, he works it in. Doesn't he? Am I telling the truth that he works it in? Sometimes wisdom comes by uh, 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 patience. And patience comes by what? Tribulation. I mean, am I telling the truth? And the Bible tells us this. And he said sometimes he's, he's working it in. He's saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making you entire. I'm making you. Uh, faith works. It works all kinds of stuff. It makes you entire. We're lacking in our Christian life some things that God wants to work in. He wants to add to us some things. Uh, Let me say this. There's no shortcut to Christian maturity and Christian growth. And we wouldn't want it. We wouldn't want it any other way. We think we would on this side, but we don't. We want it. But we we want the Lord to have mercy. Right? We do. We do really do. Because you may be here right now this morning and you're in heaviness. And we're not, we're not taking that lightly. Because it might be, it might be uh, needed. You might be here this morning and you're just in heaviness. Like you wake up with it and you go to sleep with it. Like I said the other day, it's in your gut. You can't shake it. It's there. Uh, can I say this? Never stop believing that God's working. God's working. He's working something in. And it's going to be for your good. Just allow him to do it. <laughs> He's working. This is some spiritual growth going on. Hold your, hold your finger there. We're going back. But go to the end of, of 1 Peter. Or actually chapter 4 of 1 Peter. The trial of your faith. The trial of your faith. Being much more precious than gold that perisheth. 1 Peter chapter 4. He says in verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened unto you. Have you ever seen this before? Someone's walking with the Lord, maybe just getting right with the Lord. And, or, or just got saved, and man, 
everything that that, that uh, joy unspeakable and full of glory just that just defines their life at that moment, right? Seems so easy, right? There's just all this joy and wonderful newness, and then all of a sudden they get hit with a with a fiery trial. And you know what the first thing they think is? This is strange. Or uh, uh, a mature Christian who's gone a long way and been a help to a lot of people. And then all of a sudden, bam, a fiery trial. And we think, well, this is strange. But Peter says, think it not strange. This is what's going to happen. Sometimes these things come into our lives. Why? Uh, It produces something. It produces something. God's working something and he uses these things. He says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. And as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. He said, no, 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 no. Some of these sufferings in this fellowship that we have, the fellowship of his suffering, some of these things are going to lead to, and certainly when he appears, we're going to be thankful for it. Uh, But even now that this can produce a joy, uh, unspeakable, a happiness, a gladness, he says here, uh, that is much more precious than gold that perisheth. It's precious to us. But it's also precious to Him. The trial of our faith is precious to Him. Why is that? Because it would be easy to say we trusted in God when everything was going our way. When everything is going just the way we asked Him to do it. Right? But when things start going a way that we didn't know, my goodness, uh, uh, this is when our faith in Him... Pleases him because without faith it is impossible to please God. But it is our faith in God that pleases God. And our faith is precious to him. Now, I think that that's an interesting word, precious, coming from a rugged fisher, Peter. He, he says that this faith is much more precious. But I looked and he says precious, he uses the word precious, Peter does, in his letters seven times. He talks about our faith being precious twice. He talks about Jesus Christ being precious three times. He says the chief cornerstone who's precious. You know what he says in Peter? He says, um, to them that believe, he is precious. To them that believe, to them that have faith, the Lord's precious. Uh, He says um, that his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ is precious. He says in in Peter uh, that there are precious promises. (laughs) My goodness, there's some promises in here that should be precious, precious to us. Um, why are these promises precious? Because they're to us, for us. And God is not slack concerning His promises. Amen. He's going to be faithful on these things. When God tests us, it's for our own good. It's for our own purifying. And remember this. 
Please remember this. The heaviness, testings, these things are for a season. You've got to remember that. <laughs> that helps. That this too shall pass. This is a season. And God's working something in during this season. I'm not sure when it's going to end. I'm not, but I know it's going to end. He says that. He says uh, that uh, verse 6, uh, that though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness. This is just for a season. So we shouldn't be overwhelmed with the issue, with the problem, with the worry. Why? Because it's just for a season. Take your Bibles and, and turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, we're staying in 1 Peter, so hold your finger there. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In verse 16, he says this, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Sometimes it looks like from the outside, we're falling apart or we're going to fall apart. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the inward man is renewed and says, I can hold on. Matter of fact, I don't even have to hold on. God's holding on to me. I just need to be still. I just need to be still, right? And know that this is a season. And he says that our light affliction, you notice that? Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not on things which are seen... But on things which are not seen. For things which are seen are temporal. But things which are not seen are eternal. Now this starts to give what we would call perspective, wouldn't it? And he uses weight and time to give us perspective, doesn't he? He says our light affliction. Now this is Paul talking here who knew a little bit about affliction. <laughs> he had a thorn uh, in the flesh, did he not? Uh, he was shipwrecked and beaten and imprisoned and uh, stoned. I mean, he, he knew a little bit about affliction. You know what he called it? Light. Light affliction. But then he called, called it a, a, a weight of glory. He said light and, and heavy. <laughs> then he says, but for a moment and then eternal. He said, let's get perspective here of what's going on. One's light and heavy and one's just for a moment and the other's eternal. Uh, he says, what is seen is temporal, but what is not seen is eternal. And this is what's far more important. Remember the principle, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That doesn't mean that we don't go through trouble. I think of the verse in Psalms 126, verse 5, where it says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. 
They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Jesus, whom ye have not seen yet, love. That's what he says in, back in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. Whom having not seen, talking about Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. And whom though now ye see him not yet believing. Um, to be able to love someone that you don't see takes what? Faith. He, that's what he says. You, you see him not now, yet believing. That's what? Faith. We love the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Romans 15 and verse 13 says this. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. We're talking about joy this morning is our strength. Uh, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. As we believe and love God, this produces joy in our lives. That you may, be, may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Believing, faith, the power of the Holy Ghost. We call it filled with the Holy Spirit, right? There's, there's, there's results, there's fruit of that. Love. Joy, peace, a song in our heart, right? Faith. These things are an overflow of our faith in Him and our trusting Him. Joy is one of those things that it's a delight of the mind. No matter what's going on around us, that we have a delight of our mind. We have a, uh, a belief that we are going to inquire good. Good is coming. Why? Uh, there's an exhilaration of the Spirit. There is... Uh, all this hope that we have because of faith in what God has said and what God has done. And Peter said, listen, you can have joy and it can be a result of our suffering, of our heaviness, of the trial of our faith. Did Peter go through any trials? Was Peter tried? Think of the night when he denied Christ. And then Christ is crucified. That's not what he thought was going to happen, was it? It's not what any of the disciples thought was going to happen. That Jesus Christ would uh, die. That he would be crucified. And that, that day must have been the darkest day of their lives. When the one that they'd been following was crucified and seemingly defeated. And, and not only that, that he had denied Christ. Three times. He had denied him when, when, you know, when it came right down to it, Peter denied him. I mean, that's a, that's a low spot. Would you agree? I mean, that's, that's all self-afflicted low spot. That's not even the Lord's fault. That's all me, right? Have you ever, sometimes our, you know what we think a lot of times? We think, yeah, some, I could handle it if I knew it was, uh, 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 if God was putting me through it. But all my suffering and all my pains brought on by myself, God can still use that. And he does. That's what happened with Peter. Peter denied him three times. And then later we find that Peter meets Jesus on the seashore. And you would think that Jesus would say to Peter, "Ah, I can't trust you anymore. Right? I can't trust you anymore. When it came right down to it, you showed your true colors. You denied me. Right? 
When it came right down to it, Peter, you denied me. You walked away. You ran. You didn't want to be known with me. You didn't want to suffer for me. You didn't want to suffer for my name. Uh, uh, That's not what Jesus said, was it? He asked them three questions. All three the same. You know what they were? Peter, do you love me? Peter? Do you love me? And you know what Peter said. Thou knowest, Lord. Like, I don't know if Peter was saying, uh, I'm not even going to try and say because I don't, have any, I don't have a good track record. Like, I can't say I've proved it. Peter couldn't say that, could he? He had to just say, Lord, you know. I do, but you know, right? I do love you, but... It's not like I could say I was with you to the end. Uh, It's not like I could say I was there and willing to die for you. Right? He said three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And each time, you know what he said? Feed my sheep. If you love me, Peter, what? Feed my sheep. If you love me, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? I do. In other words, Peter, if you love me, you'll love others. Right? If you love me, Peter, you'll love others. Isn't that what we started with in John? John 15? He says that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full and that you what? Love one another. Let's look at verse, I want to focus in just as we're closing here in, chap, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Look at this. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable And full of glory. You know what I think he shows us here? That it's love that produces joy. It's, you know what we think? We think that if we had certain things, that we'd be happy. If we we got stuff, then we'd be happy, right? If we received things, if we got our way, then we'd be happy. But he says, no, no, if you love him, and, and, and if you love him, believing in him, uh, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I hate to say this, but sometimes we fall more in love with him through suffering. The fellowship of his suffering. Sometimes it's in trials and tribulations where, if you'll be honest, I'm telling you, if you'll be honest, when was it that you fell in love with Christ? I mean, it's when you found out that he loved you. I mean, that happens in salvation. But sometimes along your Christian life, it goes a little deeper. When you go down into a valley, when you go into a heaviness, when all of a sudden, the things of this world, you, you recognize the things of this world can't help your joy. Yeah. Your spouse can't help your joy. 
Your friends, your co-workers, nobody can help you at this point. This is a thing where you're in heaviness, you're in a trial, you're in a tribulation. And all of a sudden, it's in that place that in the fellowship of His suffering, that He meets with you there. Like Peter. He says, do you love me? And it's down there. Sometimes it's down there where my soul, you fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he brings a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. That you say, there is nothing that can give me joy like him. There's nothing that this world has to offer. There's nothing that these eyes can see that can bring joy like him. And my joy and my source of joy comes through Jesus Christ as I fall into love with him. Joy comes through love, not things and not circumstances. We think that if everything's going smooth, then then we'll be happy. But he says, I will never, what, leave you nor forsake you. We have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And you can read that, but you can also go through that. There's a difference. Or you can get into a spot where... The only person that can help is him. And he's there. And he meets you. And he gives you a peace that passes understanding. And a joy unspeakable. We love him by faith. And sometimes the sufferings that we go through. But the assurance that we have. Of him and with him and through him. Results or produces a joy that is a strength in our Christian life that cannot be shaken. A strength that will help us through. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And ultimately, the more we fall in love with Him, the more we're able to love each other. The more, the, the more we fall in love with Him and the more joy that is produced in us, the easier it's going to be for husband and wife, for the family, for us as brothers and sisters in Christ to draw close together. Remember that when we're going through things, when we're going through the trials of our faith, when we're going through these things, that, hey, it's a light affliction. And there's a weight of glory this is but for a moment, and there is eternal eternity. You know, it truly would b- produce joy in a believer who believed this. That the worst things in life that we may have to face, the worst things in life that we may have to fa- face, work for the best of eternity. The trial of our faith, there's a great reward. And this can produce joy. We can be Christians that go through things in our life, that go through trials, that go through tribulations. I'm not, this message is not to say that we skip over, that we're going to somehow shortcut trials and tribulations. Think it not strange. But that it can make us sweeter. That the trials and tribulations can have an effect on us that will make us sweeter, more loving. Was Peter better off when he was filled with God's Spirit, when he recognized God's love and he fell in love with Christ? 
That's why he said precious so much. He's precious to us. He's precious to us. His blood is precious. His promises are precious. And he says, you know what? This brings a joy in Peter's life. And it can bring a joy in our life. Joy unspeakable. Why do we love the Lord? Because he first loved us. We love him because he loves us. And by faith, we can love him. The hope and the assurance that we have in salvation. Listen, we can, we can rejoice as Christians. We can have joy as Christians even through hardship, even through suffering. We don't have to go around defeated, although we are heavy. We don't have to go around a uh, 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 long face, but with a smile on our face, even in the midst of a trial or tribulation. Why? Because our joy comes from loving Him and the promises that He gives. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.